Hello and welcome back to Good Boss. This is episode 28. And before we dive in, I just want to make a quick disclaimer that there is a bit of a storm brewing right now in Perth, just as I am recording this episode with my guests. So if you can hear any background noise, that is what that is. I will do my absolute best to edit all of it out. But yeah, I literally got a notification on my phone that said severe weather warning, destructive wind. So thank you very much. Anyways, happy Tuesday, guys. On a more positive note, thank you for tuning in to another guest conversation. Today, I am recording in person at the studio, as I mentioned, which is always fun with my friend and fellow designer, Andrea. She is the founder of And I Design, an independent creative studio providing end-to-end design solutions, including branding, websites, content, and illustrations. She has recently moved across Australia from Brisbane to Perth, (laughs) West is best, so she knows a thing or two about what it takes to start from scratch in a brand new city. Welcome to Good Boss, Andrea. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Is this your first podcast? This is my very first podcast. I'm very excited. We've got some red wine with us today. This is my new tradition, recording with someone in the studio. We've got a drink and it's going to be great. I'm sure you know how this works. I would love to start off by hearing your craziest, funniest, embarrassing, almost (laughs) nightmarish client slash business related story or even a story that actually relates to your corporate jobs because I know you've had a few of those what do you have for us so it's not really a nightmarish or bad story but I'm going to throw back seven years ago to my very first client story Mm -hmm. Um, it was when I was at university my first year and I got a referral from a friend of a friend via Instagram asking for a branding package and a website a Squarespace website Mm -hmm. I was in my first year of uni, so I hadn't even done any personal work or client work before, but I said yes, as everyone always does. You can't say no to work. Can't say no. (laughs) Um, So I said yes, and I let them know I have never made a Squarespace website before, so this will be me learning. That was your very first one. Very first one. So it was just me doing some tutorials while I was um, designing it. So, And the funny part is, I guess... Looking back now, I charged $200 for the branding package and $400 (laughs) for the Squarespace website. So now you probably wouldn't even get a navigation bar on a Squarespace (laughs) website for $400. Yeah. But back then for my first year of uni, $600 all up was a lot of money. And I also thought that, you know, it's going towards my portfolio. It's first my first client experience um and it was also technically I was getting paid in a way to learn how to do a Squarespace website Mm -hmm. um and then lucky enough like that very first client ended up referring me to someone else and that's someone else I'm still working with to today so stop yeah doing a $200 branding project I ended up getting referrals and continued a freelance work it was totally worth it. Yeah, so worth it. So don't worry about what you're charging at the very beginning because you never know where it may lead. Yeah, that's such a good point. That's actually insane. Like when I think about my first website that I did last year, it was also $500. Mm. So, but again, like that client referred me on to other clients, which referred me to onto other clients. So 
that's actually a really good point to like not let pricing discourage you when you're starting and like we all have to start somewhere even if you're not getting paid like two thousand dollars for your first website which is quite hard to get at the beginning like I think that's kind of hard to expect those kind of big budget clients at the beginning so but yeah was the website were they happy with it yeah they were very happy I did uh it was for a children's swimwear label and it was so it was an e-commerce website oh my gosh just like learning everything all at once at the beginning but it's definitely worth just taking on those projects even if you don't really know how to do it because you've got to start somewhere and as long as they're aware that this is your first one and there may be some tweaking along the way I think that's yeah. fine yeah. yeah for sure so how did your design journey start and what kind of made you know that this was the pathway that you wanted to take very good question. I have kind of always been into illustrations as a kid and then high school I did art at, um, in my last few years and then out of uni, out of high school, I actually went straight into studying um, interior design at TAFE. So I did a few years at TAFE doing that. Um, so I graduated as an interior designer um, and then I guess I got a job in an architect firm as an interior design stylist and um, assistant, um, worked there for a year. And then um, I that, that company folded, so closed down. And then I got a job as like a design sales furniture consultant. Um, so kind of still in the industry. Yeah. But it wasn't where I thought I would be heading towards as a like interior designer. So yeah. I changed career p- path slightly and worked at flight center as a travel consultant oh my gosh for a little while um as my second passion other than design is travel so did that but it was a very very stressful job um and then my partner and I decided to head overseas and do the whole two-year gap year in the UK and Europe mm-hmm. um so we traveled around there for a few years and then I came back and I was like oh my god what am I going to do um, so I literally went to a university's website, scrolled through their degrees and picked one. <laughs> That's turned, what I did too. <laughs> Sometimes it works. It just, yeah, it just pops up and I'm like, graphic design. I don't, don't even remember if I knew exactly what that entailed. I knew yeah. it was kind of a digital design. So that was quite different to the practical version of interior design. Um, but I absolutely loved it. I did I actually got a year credit, um, from doing my interior design diploma. Oh, that's helpful. Very helpful. So I went from a three year degree down to a two year, but in doing that, I think I missed out on a few little courses that probably could have been more helpful, mm-hmm. but I finished my two years and then I wasn't quite ready to go into the real world. So I did another year of uni and I did my honors in design where I got to pick up, um, I had to do a research project for the whole year and I chose After Effects to learn a bit more about animation because mm. I felt that I needed to learn a skill that lots of designers didn't have to put me above other designers so I could get a job. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I did a whole year learning After Effects. Yeah. Especially female designers. I, yeah. I think you're the only female designer I know that does animations. I feel like usually that's more of a male-dominated space. Like did you find that at uni or was it a, a bit of both? Yeah, it was – it was compulsory to learn, I guess. Um, so everyone did it, but um, at the time, I absolutely hated it. I'm like, "What is this? It's so confusing." But <laughs> when it when you can get it, it's quite exciting yeah. and rewarding. Um, and I knew there was some work in there for logo animation for mm, clients and mm-hmm. even like little animations for text or imagery. Um, and just the whole idea of movement in design excites me. It, 
because you've got to stand out from the crowd and mm. I feel like a static image can sometimes yeah. just get missed where if yeah. it's got an animation to it, you kind of stop and have a look. So I always wanted to try and in- incorporate that in my designs yeah. where possible. I love that. There is something quite eye-catching when you see a logo that just moves or even if it's like the slightest little, mm. you know, shift or wave or whatever it is, it it is like a little bit more eye-catching than something that is just not moving. Um, how did you find going to uni for design versus potentially having been self-taught? Like do you think you could have done, gone down that route or were you happy with your higher education? <laughs> <laughs> I definitely think I'm someone who needs to pay and do a, pay to do a course. Um, I am self-motivated but I find like I find it hard to know where to begin when it comes to design or just what area to learn. So once I've paid for a degree and they teach me absolutely everything, I'm more willing to learn and continue. So, And, and you do get the connections and the friends also yeah. you get from going to a, a uni instead of just at home on your own yeah I totally agree I think I was speaking about this with someone else recently and it was the same thing for me like going to uni even though graphic design is one of those things that you can 100% learn yourself from home Mm. there is something really special about building those connections like you said and relationships at uni like I'm still friends with all of like my little group of friends from uni yeah um some of them even listen to this podcast (laughs) shout out to you if you're listening (laughs) And they're just the best and it's something super nice to be able to chat with your, like have friends in that are in the industry. And the funniest thing too is that all of us f- from our uni friend group, we've all gone to do such different things. Mm. Like my friends, are, some of my friends are working in agencies, others are like in-house designers. I obviously work for myself and it's just nice to be able to kind of chat about each other's different situations and learn from each other as well. Do you still keep in touch with your friends too? Um, I do over social media, but not yeah. in person anymore. So, yeah. Um, well, you have moved cities. <laughs> yeah, I've moved cities. Some of them have moved cities as well. Yeah. So it's always hard to keep in touch, but it's always good to have that uh, connection and, and re- reference to refer back to. But I also was going to say about uni, um, when you're learning on your own, sometimes like you only kind of want to learn what you're interested in. Mm. So you might just watch a video on, I don't know, website design and then, branch out a little bit but when when you go to a uni you've got to learn typography packaging animation web design so you've got to learn everything so it kind of forces you to learn everything even the stuff you don't want to so I think that's good you get a good base of everything and then then you can take what you want from that whereas if you're on your own it might be harder to force yourself to learn all those like other things you don't want to learn yeah I think that's why it's also good and you get the piece of paper at the end that (laughs) potentially help you get a a job yeah out of uni yeah. yeah I remember looking for jobs a lot of them said you know you have to have a bachelor degree you have to have this qualification so not all jobs will expect that but a mm. lot will and that's such a good point you said about like university opening your mind to different things I did a whole unit on publication design mm. and the unit was called publication design <laughs> fun <laughs> the entire unit was us designing a book of our choice um I think I did a coffee table book but yeah now I that did you a coffee table book too of course yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love that um but yeah looking back in hindsight it like I love publication design mm. now and I know so much about it I know how to use InDesign I know like the printing techniques and all of that and I wonder whether that would have been the same deal if like I wasn't exposed to that at uni so 
Great yeah. point. I and love then that. I think uni, you kind of try harder because you want to get good marks. Yeah. Whereas at home, you don't have, you still want to do good, but you don't have that extra. Yeah. Someone checking your work as well. So yeah, you don't have to. You don't get the feedback. Yeah, you don't get the mm. feedback and you don't have to have that like credit or pass or yeah. distinction mark to keep you going. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so after uni, you have had quite a few corporate jobs. What was your first one straight out of uni? I did, while I was at uni, I did have a part-time job with a design firm on the Gold Coast in Queensland. So I, another lady, she owned her own design studio. So I helped her out. Um, well, she was technically helping me out because I was <laughs> at uni and she was, at first I was doing free work and then she paid me casual and then I went to part-time. So by the time I finished uni, I had two, three years of experience in a design studio, mm -hmm. um, which was good. And then first out of uni, I applied for a job at Lorna Jane, the fitness brand, um, yep. which was a really big brand. Yeah, so I think I, most people know Lorna yeah, Jane. Yeah, most people know. Even yeah. So I applied for it thinking I wouldn't get it um, and I did. So it was just a junior role, uh, full-time role, and I was working there with six other designers. So it was a really good graphics team. Wow. Um, everyone from like design managers down to junior designers. And so I learned so much there that they were just so friendly. I was able to learn anything and everything. By the end of it, I ended up teaching the when I once I'd moved up a bit, I ended up teaching the new juniors. So um, and they're some of my best friends today. We are, we call each other the graphics cult. Um, That's so cute. <laughs> so cute. I so, love that. Yeah, we have a chat where we always like share our design work because we've also gone in different directions. Mm. Some are own their own studios, some are in agencies as well. So Oh, so if some of them do work for themselves as well? Yeah, some of them work for themselves yeah. as well now. I think two mm -hmm. out of six of mm -hmm. us. So um the rest are still in agencies or mm -hmm. um other design kind of studios. Um, but it's always great to have that team. I think that's the one thing I took from that job, other than all the experience I got. But it's just having a friend group that are also designers to yeah. pick each other's brains when it comes to things we need help with. Yeah, like client feedback is a yeah. big one. Like I'm always turning to Mel here in the studio and like, does this email sound okay? Like what should I say here? So, yeah, it's there's something really important. I'm always telling people about this is like building your community, especially when you work for yourself. Definitely. Because it just can get so bloody lonely otherwise. Definitely, yeah. I know. So I have never, ever worked a corporate job. So give me some insight. Like what was that job like? Was it quite competitive like environment or were they like quite supportive and like want to see you grow? Because I've heard like a bit of both sides. I think it was different at that job compared to an agency um, mm. but because that job had all the different um, like marketing team, finance team. So um, and because it was a fitness brand, it was quite fun. Everyone got to wear activewear to work. Um, no way. Every day? Yeah, every day you had to wear activewear. Um, oh, I love, did you get discounts? Got discounts. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> so, You'd hope so. <laughs> yeah, I pretty much lived in activewear and then I'd go to the gym and I'd change into different activewear. But um, yeah, it was really good environment. It was, everyone was friendly. It was just fun, relaxing um and no it wasn't really competitive um we actually just all helped each other out um because we all worked across different aspects of the business sometimes it would be print collateral or online collateral so we all kind of helped each other out because we all had our strengths and mm. weaknesses so mm. um you know, it was a really good team yeah um and I've always experienced that I think in most corporate jobs which yeah. is 
been very lucky. I'm sure there's other places where you wouldn't have that experience, but all yeah. mine um, have been really good. That's amazing. And as I mentioned at the very, very beginning, you do run your own studio called And I Design. Has there been anything that you were able to kind of take away from those corporate style jobs and bring into your own independent business? Yeah, I would have to think the, the most thing that helped me was I guess all the jobs I've had were very fast paced and huge workloads. Deadlines. Big deadlines, huge workloads. Um, so I had to work fast. And I when I first, on my first day, I remember going, oh my God, this is so fast. I can't keep up. What is this? Because you go from straight from uni where you do your assignments at your own pace to mm. you've got literally to get this done today. I'm Normally I'd have, I don't know, a few weeks to yeah, do something. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I had to adjust very quickly. It took me probably about a few months to get used to the pace of it. And once I got used to the pace, I quite enjoyed it because it made the days go fast um, and you got to change in between like lots of different projects. Mm. So that the Lorna Jane job was just um, obviously the same colours, the same brand fonts, the mm. same imagery all the time, whereas my next job was at a um, entertainment and lifestyle precinct. So I was working across multiple brands a day, mm. seven different brands, um, and I was liaising with all the different stakeholders from like wine sommeliers to chefs to marketing coordinators to CEOs. So I had to, um, yeah, liaise with all these different people and then also manage my time and they're all briefing me in from different ways. So I had to, wow. I had a Asana board, a digital version to organise all my different um Oh, you've had Asana projects. for that long? Yeah, for that long. <laughs> Um, and I then I had that. my daily to-do list that I write. So I'd have, I'd, it got me to be very organised and structured. So I think that's my biggest takeout from all my um, corporate jobs would be time management, organisation, because mm. now I'm pretty structured with how I liaise with my, the clients yeah. and everything as well. That is so important. I'm kind of jealous because like, <laughs> I wish I had gone through that stage to learn all of those skills because there are such important skills when you do learn and um, work for yourself because you have to be so disciplined mm. and on top of everything because there is no one there like you don't have a boss telling you what to do when yeah. to get things done by so like that's incredible that you were able to learn those kind of great and valuable business skills from the corporate jobs um and speaking of your hospitality job that was the last one you were doing before and I design so let's rewind back to 2020. You were still in Brisbane working in the hospitality department. How did that go? <laughs> um, so 2020 started out really good. I was turning 30, so that was a scary year in itself. Um, but I was holidaying in Japan in February. So, you know, the year was off, starting off great. Um, I came home, I was sick, even though it was, I came home in March of 2020, which is already kind of when yeah. COVID started happening. And I came home from Japan sick. So I had to get a COVID test and it was negative. Um, but my work didn't want me back while I was sick. So I had a week off after already having three weeks holiday in Japan. So I went back to work and I was at work for five days. And then the hospitality industry in Brisbane shut down mm -hmm. and the company I was working for made over 500 people redundant, including myself. Oh. So here I am no. three months into 2020 of 
just turned 30 and I was unemployed yeah. um, for the first time in years. So, mm. yeah, it was a really big shock to the system. Mm. I can imagine going from like having that secure salary and secure work and everything to then all of a sudden having, I mean, not nothing, but like you don't have a job anymore. Yeah. Had you had a bit of clients on the side while you were at your corporate job or did you have like zero clients like lined up for you when you after you got made redundant yeah so luckily enough I had been I had started my kind of side hustle and I design studio two years prior while still working at Lorna Jane so Mm -hmm. um and it had actually started getting quite busy so most nights during my last corporate job in the hospitality industry I was coming home from work after working a full eight hour day and working two to three hours every night so Monday to Thursday generally two to three hours a night so I did luckily have that to fall back on too once I was made redundant Um, however as most of my freelance clients they also um, kind of lost a bit of work as well so the freelance side of things did die down at the same time I was made redundant but Mm. I still did have a little bit of work coming in so I suppose I had my redundancy payout as well as Mm. freelance um, money coming in so Mm -hmm. I wasn't too worried yeah um yeah, so I was very lucky to have that to fall back onto in For those sure. times. Yeah, yeah. I feel like 2020 has taught a lot of us to have a bit of a backup plan sometimes because you really, in this day and age, like you don't know what is going to happen or when the next virus is going to hit us <laughs> all. So that's that's really cool that you had like those clients on the side and a little bit of money coming in mm. to kind of get you through the next few months, which I'm sure were quite hard did you was it quite clear that you were gonna start working for for yourself straight away or did you like try and look for other jobs at first or no I didn't plan on working for myself at all (laughs) which may come as a surprise um yeah I seven weeks into my redundancy I actually got contacted on Instagram by a marketing person who um had a connection with a different hospitality um company and I got offered a full-time salary role and I thought it was weird because they were currently closed at that time um, but they wanted to refresh their branding so when that they did open up mm. after COVID um, mm-hmm. they could kind of had a fresh look so I took on a full-time salary role in the hospitality industry um, however that wasn't the direction I wanted to go in um, in my career path but I took it anyway because it was uncertain times didn't really know when another opportunity would come so I just took it um and it was really good job um but then when I was working there an agency job popped up um that I'd applied for months and months prior to that and they offered me a two-month contract um and I so I left my full-time salary role for a two-month contract which is a bit scary in itself um but I've always wanted to kind of give agency life a go yeah yeah so I did that and that was for like a PR and marketing agency where I got to learn um, Adobe XD um, and how to build websites using that which was a new skill which I hadn't learned before Um, and then the two months was up and so I was deciding what to do and my partner and I had just we actually we also got told that we had to move out of our rental property Mm -hmm. at that same time Mm -hmm. so now I was kind of without a job and a house so oh it was kind God. of deciding what Jesus. to do and then it came to the next stage of my um, 
I guess, career path mm. came next. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when and I design kind of was not born, but that's when you took it full time. Yeah. What, what month was that again? So this was November last year, November the 1st. So actually two weeks time, I'll be full time for a whole year. How exciting. I know, very exciting. Time goes so quickly, hey. So quickly. That's insane. Yeah. And then you guys decided to make the big move from the east to the west of Australia. What What was the decision to move to Perth for you guys? I get this question so much because everyone's like, why? why uh, excuse me. <laughs> Perth is great. I'm like, where else? I agree. No. That's, that's why I moved here. Yes. Um, even people I meet here, they're like, what? did you move for a job or family? I'm like, no, just moved. <laughs> um, Come on. People don't give Perth and W enough credit. I agree. So Thank I'm, you. I'm here to promote Perth. Thank you. 100%. <laughs> um, we actually came here on a holiday four years ago, I think it was, um, only for five days and we fell in love after those five days because the coastline's stunning. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a city on the beach and I love mm. the city and the beach so it's kind of the best of both worlds. Um, it's still got the relaxed lifestyle of Brisbane so it wasn't too much of a shock to the system. Um, but, yeah, since we had lost our house that we were our rental property we're living in and I had no job and my partner's contract was finishing so we had no connections now holding us back to Brisbane. Mm-hmm. So we thought we've been wanting to move to Perth for a while, why don't we just do it? So we booked flights for January, so in a few months' time from um, yeah, when I finished my job and so we started planning. So in the meanwhile, I was just working in Andi Design, just trying to build that up, get connections Um and it was slowly picking up. I was getting more work. And because people knew I wasn't working full time anymore, I just kind of people came out of the woodworks and started emailing me saying, oh, I know you've got some free time now. Um, can you do this? So, Oh, they were waiting for you. They were waiting, yeah. Aww. So I just naturally kind of got more work because I had no job. So mm. that was quite interesting. I, <laughs> um, and, yeah, so then I think then our flight kind of came around in January and then <laughs> Brisbane went into lockdown, so we had to cancel our flights. Um, And then we decided to drive across to Perth instead, which was actually a much better idea because we get to see the country Mm. instead of just flying over and missing everything. Yeah. Um, And you're missing the most important bit that you did all that in your Toyota Yaris. I did. Shout (laughs) out to Toyota Toyota Yaris. It's the best car. I've had it for 11 years. Wow. What a trooper. That is Probably one of the smallest cars you could ever have to drive across Australia. Like I know. That's insane. Did you guys consider hiring a four by four at all or? Uh we considered selling mine and then buying a new one before we left, but just because of the trip and my job uncertainty, we weren't going to invest in a new car. Yeah. Um, but it's still going. Um, we actually had to duct tape it at some point because we were at a winery in South Australia and someone backed into it um so it has this big dent and it was the bumper bar was falling off so we had to continue making it across the country so we had to borrow some duct tape from someone wow you made it you made it you made made it it across with our our dog as well and oh yeah yeah. with the Charlie with Charlie my little dog he was in the front seat at our feet the whole time or on on our lap um yeah and our car was Full to the brim of all our life, really. No, there is no way you would have been seeing out of those uh, review mirrors, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind, cut that out, cut that out. 
Um, and so you were still running your business throughout this whole journey across Australia, right? Or were you kind of taking on less work or? I didn't say no to any work. So I, yeah, I had to try and figure out a way to work um, while I was driving. So that was a new experience in itself. But it's something I've kind of always wanted to do. My my goal in life, I think, is to be able to work from anywhere in the world, for example, go back to Japan and still work from Japan while I'm mm. snowboarding down the Alps. So I think this was a good test to see how I'd go. Yeah. Um, how did you find it? I I found it quite good. It's yeah. not as glamorous as you kind of think it may be yeah, or yeah. <laughs> there are glamorous times. But, um, yeah, the, only, the hardest part, I guess, is making sure you've got reception um, and your laptop and phone charged, I guess. Mm. So they were the hardest challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd be working sometimes like in an Airbnb if we stay there the night. Mm-hmm. So you can do your travelling during the day and then at night you just sit up for a few hours mm-hmm. and do your work. Um, or you can, if you're in a cool city for the day, you can find a cafe that's got, um, internet and PowerPoint connection. So you can set up there at a cool cafe, Mm. um, which doesn't make work seem so bad then. Um, sometimes I was even working in the car while my partner was driving. So some people get a bit car sick. Luckily I don't. So I was able to do a little bit of like emailing, invoicing and a few Mm. no illustrations while driving, but, um, (laughs) That would not turn out great. <laughs> no, that wouldn't look good. Um, so, yeah, car. And then the worst place, well, not the worst place, but I suppose the most interesting place I worked was I was at a campground and in South Australia and it was 40-degree day and I had all this urgent work that had to be done so I had no choice but to do it. So and luckily that um, campground had a camp kitchen with air con. So I was sitting in this little camp kitchen for <laughs> – Five hours doing oh client work. Oh my god! Did yeah. did you make all of your clients aware of what your situation yes, was? Yes, yeah, yes. Okay. They all knew that I may or may not be able to get it in time, <laughs> or I may be out of reception because sometimes we'd be driving for a full nine hour day and there'd mm, be no reception. Yeah. So um, they were aware that if I don't reply, it's because I'm out of reception. Yeah, and they um, were all okay with that. All okay with that. Oh yeah. great! Where are those kind of clients hiding? <laughs> I know. <laughs> um. I think the amazing thing as well about being a designer is that you don't need a lot to do what we do. I think I remember I think you might have done a post actually about this on Instagram saying, you know, all I need is my iPad, my planner, my laptop, and that's about it. Yeah. Like how cool is that? Yeah, I think we're it's, very lucky. Yeah, it's definitely a goal of mine when borders open up to yeah, be able to travel and take my work with me, like going back to Mauritius maybe once a month to work from there and Or the East Coast. Or the East Coast, <laughs> yes, or Bali or Japan. I mean, oh, it's been a long time now. So anywhere I can go, yeah. I will take it. So so okay, so you got to Perth and uh, that would just be a little bit daunting. I can't imagine just getting to a new city like you don't know anyone. You work for yourself as well. So you it's not like you can just walk into a company and have all these colleagues that you can talk to and, you know, make mm. friends with and stuff. What do you think for you, what was the hardest part about starting from scratch in a new city? Um, there's a few hard things, I suppose. Well, I had actually been applying for a job prior to me figuring out that I will go full-time with Andi Design. I had previously applied for a job as a design manager for a studio in Perth, had the interview, um, got accepted the job, but 
but because of logistics due to COVID, I had to turn down the role. Yeah. Um, you couldn't so get here in time. Couldn't get here in yeah. time and there was just too much complication. So I turned down the role. Um, and then by the time I'd, I think it took about two months for the drive over. And for those who don't know, the distance is kind of the distance from one end of Europe to the other end of Europe. Like the whole of Europe pretty much fits Whoa. into Australia. Oh my and God. So like just That's so, crazy when you put it that way. Yeah. So it was a long drive. So I had a lot of time to like ponder what I'm doing and try and get connections. And I think I even had reached out to you yeah. probably last year sometime yeah, yeah, asking yeah, yeah. about um, what are some good suburbs mm, to live in mm-hmm. Perth and what are some design studios so I could start getting connections. Um, I'd been talking to you. So I think you were the first person I met up with after I think a week in Perth. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you were the first person I've met from Perth. Mm. Um, my first Perth friend. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I knew two other people through friends of friends, so not direct mm. friends, but so I had about three connections in a city, new mm-hmm. city. So mm-hmm. that was quite daunting in itself. Mm. Um, but I find yeah, so I'm working from home and my partner's also working from home. So yeah, we don't really get to see many people. Yeah. Um, but I find because I've updated my website and Google to say that I'm a Perth-based design studio. Um, and because I usually tag most of my posts posts on Instagram mm-hmm. um with the Perth with Perth City. The location tag, um, yeah. Yeah. So I find quite a few people like design studios or just other designers in Perth or even just other business owners in Perth have come across me just because I've started tagging, mm. hashtagging or tagging the location. So I've been getting connections that way and talking with some new Perth people, mm. um, which has been lovely. And then, yeah, I've just reached out to a few Perth people, started talking to them. Mm. Um, so I do feel like I've got a few people um, that I'm kind of online friends mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure I'll meet more people along the way through. Yeah. All those people. Yeah, I think the good thing about Perth is it is a very small place and I do feel like everyone just knows each other and it's very small, especially the creative industry. Like we are not Sydney and Melbourne in that sense where it's like massive and I feel like, especially if you work for yourself, like there's not that many solopreneurs out there. Like there's enough for you to like know everyone and like mm. get your name around. And But do you find it like daunting maybe like, messaging someone and being like hey do you want to meet up like or like is that not your personality type <laughs> at all I actually haven't done that to anyone I think apart from you yeah so <laughs> it is a bit daunting and I yeah. feel like I need a reason to catch up with someone yeah. um so yeah I haven't really done it yet um but I've got Perth client I've actually got a few Perth clients now mm. I have no idea how well, I do know how it's happened but <laughs> um there was a design studio in Perth um, and they were saying that they wanted a freelance designer to do some extra freelance work when they had overflow work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I pondered it. I wasn't sure if I needed it because um, I did have lots of work sometimes and sometimes it went quiet. So I wasn't really sure, but I thought, hey, I may as well do it because you just never know the connection mm, I'll get from it. So yeah. I reached out to them and they said, oh, we've already filled the freelance role, but we'd love to have you on hand. Um and through that connection, someone else reached out to them for design work and they weren't able to, they were fully booked out. So then they referred me, um, referred those clients to me. Mm-hmm. So now I've got, um, yeah, a Perth client um, from a someone I reached yeah. out to on Instagram. So Look at you go. You're like, you've got uh-huh. your names, places and people are referring people <laughs> on to you. Like that's, that's what you need to do. Like mm. I think, 
I think you really need to be proactive when you move somewhere new and like put yourself out there because if you don't, nothing will happen and (laughs) you just won't know anyone. So I think it is so important. But I can understand how it would be very daunting for people that are maybe like a bit more like the timid type or the shy type to kind of reach out to people. But what are you going to lose? Exactly. And least social media you don't have to meet them in person or talk in person. So if you are timid or shy, it is a good place to start anyway. Yeah, Yeah. at least you can kind of start building those relationships and then eventually when you meet up in person, maybe you'll have like more to chat about and you'll know them a bit better. So, yeah, I love that. But obviously those were kind of the harder things about moving to a new city. What would you say have been the best parts about it? The best parts, I think moving to Perth and because I haven't known anyone, it's kind of been a good thing because it's forced me to just focus on my business mm. um, and because we've also been in winter, I've it's so much more motivating just to stay indoors and mm. all you can really do is work. So I think um, moving to Perth kind of motivated me to have like a, it was like a new chapter in my life, I guess. So a new chapter was starting my own studio full-time and then Mm. so with that came brand refresh new website brand shoot which you did yeah brand shoot that was great um lots of fun (laughs) so had that and then like new client um guides and welcome kits Mm. so it was kind of a fresh start Mm. for me to create all of that for my business which I think moving to Perth kind of motivated me like as a new start um gives you the time to do all that the time yeah and I I had set in my mind as a goal like I want to move to Perth and go full time so I think that's been one good side and then also every weekend I get to explore and see something new so new Mm. suburbs new cafes new beaches new everything so it's very exciting seeing that on my weekends yeah like it's just weird driving down a street and going I've never seen this before yeah there's lots to do and see yeah possibly scouting out a new house maybe somewhere (laughs) trying to figuring out all the suburbs and where I want to live and somewhere near the beach yeah there's something quite funny about moving to a new city and like not knowing where all the quote-unquote good suburbs are slash where the not so good ones are because I remember you asking me about that, like, where are the good suburbs? And it's, like, so obvious to me because I've lived mm. here for so long. Like, oh, yeah, you'd want to go here, here, here. But then in Brisbane, for example, I would have no clue yeah. where to go, where to settle down. So I think it's cool that at, at least for now you and your partner are renting so you can kind of, like, every weekend try out a new suburb and yeah. see what um, what works best for you. What would you say would be your advice to someone who's potentially going to be in the same situation that you are? You know, I think with COVID last year, a lot of people are maybe relocating, going back home because they, they've they missed their families for so long, anything like that. Or maybe they're not going back home, they're going to a completely new city. Mm. What would your advice be to someone in that situation? Um, I'd say just give it a go I've had a few people contact me on Instagram who are also considering doing a similar thing to what I did is Mm. moving cities I think it's quite common at the moment because people are have been in lockdown and they're maybe starting new jobs or they're rethinking life so I think a lot of people are especially at the moment since you can't travel overseas lots of people are traveling around Australia yeah um so I got a few questions about how to work while you're traveling um and and what the different cities are like so I definitely think it's doable and if you're scared, that's okay. Just you never know what you're going to miss out on if you don't do it. So um, you might as well give it a go. Change is good. Change is healthy. Mm. So uh, 
there's no point just staying in a job that you're not happy with or yeah um you know if you're not enjoying certain parts of your life it's just it's worth the change and the worst that's going to happen is you don't like it and you just you can go back mm. um it's always i guess the scariest thing is money so mm. like if you don't have enough savings or if you're not going to get a job when you do move so i think if you are deciding to move um make sure you've got i guess 3 to 6 months worth of savings um, and then maybe make sure that you do have a little bit of income coming in, however that is, whether mm. it's something you're selling on Etsy or mm-hmm. a little bit of design work you're doing. Passive income. Just a bit of passive income, even if it's $50 a week, at mm. least you know you've got that coming in plus your savings. Mm. So um, then you've got that to fall back on if it does take six months to find a job or if it takes six months to build up a stable income to live off. So I think it's definitely worth just giving it a go because mm. you never know where it may lead yeah life's too short you're kind of making me want to like go on a new adventure because we have been stuck in Perth for so long but yeah like I said at the beginning west is best so I'm not going anywhere (laughs) (laughs) um and so you've been working from home ever since you moved here what are like your daily work from home rituals hmm I don't know if I have many daily rituals but I am not a morning person I'm a night person um so it does take me a while to wake up and get motivated um so I tend to just have a slow morning where I have a shower have breakfast um kind of maybe go for a walk with my dog or go grab a coffee Mm -hmm. so to slowly wake up the mind and get motivated to process that I've got to start working (laughs) um so that probably takes like an hour and a half two hours and then once I'm ready I sit down at my desk and write a to-do list for the day and then kind of reply to emails and I always start off with my smaller projects first, um, mm. the ones that might take five minutes, ten minutes um, and work my way up. That way you can cross them off the to-do list, you feel successful. Yes, this is me. You're motivated because <laughs> if you start on a project that's going to take four hours, then you kind of feel like your day is going forever and you're not getting anywhere. Mm. So I do like to get those smaller ones out of the way. Speaking of, let me just cut you off for a second. Speaking of to-do lists, you have just released a super cute little daily desk checklist pad thing on your website. Yeah. So if anyone's interested, it is super, super cute. Um, I need to get onto that actually and download it. But anyways, keep going. Yeah, because I just thought there was a few to-do lists out there, but none of them had like all the different little sections yeah. I wanted because sometimes I write my to-do list, but I also have a personal and a work to-do list mm. and I don't like messing them up in the same section so yeah. I thought why not just make my own yeah. where I can have like a personal section a fitness section yeah I then, love the fitness section too yeah, yeah so and that reminds you like oh maybe I should go for a walk today which is <laughs> another one of my work from home rituals yeah um, because my partner and I both work from home we try and take a one hour lunch break together where we go for a walk along the river with our dog or we go to the beach or we just at least try and get outdoors you are sitting at your desk staring at a screen all day so mm. just try and get the vitamin d and mm. see nature and get your eyes off the screen so that's probably one big tip is just try and even if it's just setting an alarm every hour to get up off your desk and walk around your house or go out to the mailbox check the mailbox or any, <laughs> anything just to get you off your seat yeah right? just to get outside and get, get some outside sun. Yeah. yeah that is super important and so what time do you start work usually i usually start work around 8 30 or 9 okay that's um, still pretty early yeah, it's still yeah. pretty early, um, depending on how big of a workload I have that day. Um, but, yeah, usually I'm, I've am i started by 9. If I go for the, to the gym in the morning, then I start around 10.30. Um, 
But yeah, usually it's always nine and then I work for, I don't know, three or four hours, have an hour lunch break and then I finish usually around three or four o'clock. Yeah. So which is what I love about my job. I can kind of work when I want and finish when I want. If I've got more work, then I will work till five or six. But very rarely I try and I try not to do that. Yeah. Um, Or if I have to have really, if I've got a really big deadline, then I tend to try and just maybe work a few hours at night but Mm. I might have a break during the day Mm. and it's nice that you can also match your partner's schedule because he's working from home as well like you mentioned and I think he works on the Brisbane time zone so you can kind of match his work schedule and you can then kind of spend a bit more time together like a like a quote-unquote normal couple would that both work nine to fives yeah it is weird because we see each other all day every day (laughs) um which we haven't like we used to go to our both go to our nine to five jobs and then come home um, and then we'd see each other but now we're kind of at home all day Mm. but yeah he works from a job in Brisbane so he works um, on the Brisbane which is two hours behind Perth so he gets up extra early so I'm still asleep when he gets (laughs) up Um, but yeah I try and stick to his work time and it actually helps having him at home working because because he's working I have to work as well Whereas if I didn't have someone at home working, I may kind of get distracted, yeah. or, which is why I think you wanted to work from a studio as well yeah, because yeah. you've got, if you're people at home, you've got you. distractions, but if you're at work and other people working mm-hmm. around you, you're more likely to work. Mm-hmm. So I think if he was to not work at home, I'd probably have to come work in your studio. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome any day, honestly. Yeah, that makes a huge difference for me personally is having those people around that I can kind of look over and like, oh, yeah, they're doing work. So yeah. I need to get back onto it and yeah. close off my YouTube tab. Yeah. No, I don't usually do that. But it's <laughs> it's very motivating having people around it is, yeah. to keep you kind of on track. Um, so yeah it's nice that you can have your partner at home and the thing for me as well is my partner does FIFO so he was gone for half the time so when he was away it was even harder because there was yeah. just no one home yeah. and I'm home alone and it's yeah hard to hard to stay motivated and mm. productive as well I mentioned at the beginning that you do offer quite a few services at and I design you've got Website design, branding, illustration, content, and animation as well. Oh, make it sound so bad. <laughs> it is a lot. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, what would you say is your kind of favorite projects, favorite type of projects to work on? Um, I would have to say branding, even mm-hmm. though quite a lot of people say branding, but I, I'm going to extend it out into kind of the larger aspect where you do someone's logo which is colors fonts um a bit of a style guide and then also doing their website and that with all your branding that you've created and then also if they've got products creating their packaging or if they need print collateral creating their flyers posters brochures business cards so that way it's quite rewarding because you get to have full access to all areas of their business from Mm. end to end all touch points where any client will reach them. So it looks cohesive and professional from every yeah, aspect. Yeah. Um, because sometimes if you just do branding and then the, and then they get other businesses or or people to do the other work, it can sometimes get disconnected. So yeah, hundred percent. I do like to have control over all aspects. So I always try and upsell saying, Do you need me to would yes. you like me to do these other aspects as well? Love that. So it's good upsell to ask for those. Mm. Um but yeah, so that I think that's fun. But I also like working on different brands, so I get a good variety of work, and it doesn't get too repetitive. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I think it'd be hard for me to choose because 
like you said, I think a lot of people do say branding, but it is so fun. Like I agree with everything you just said, like being able to kind of work across the whole thing. And also if it's a brand new business, like seeing it come to life from mm. from nothing and it's like you've built all of these amazing collaterals and this brand story in a sense, it's very, very rewarding. So yeah, I love that. So before we wrap up, I would love to hear what are your best good boss habits that keep you healthy and happy in your business? Hmm. Um, I'd have to say sticking to a reasonably strict um, working work hours. So trying to stick within the nine to four kind of time frame um, and then also taking regular breaks, drinking lots of water mm. um, and I guess – trying to listen to podcasts and continually upskilling as well. So mm. whether podcasts are still upskilling because you never know what tips you'll learn in the mm. podcast. So upskilling, watching tutorials or, um, yeah, just trying to upskill because it's when you're at a job, you you might learn from other people or they might pay for you to get a do a professional development course. So yeah. I guess being a good boss to myself, I'm yes. <laughs> taking that. I try and do actually – work Monday to Thursday and then the fifth day on Friday I try and work for myself. So that's the day I'll invest time into creating, um, yes, my own, um, my, my to-do list that I made or my, writing a blog post or, um, yeah, doing anything within my business, upskilling just mm. so I am giving back to myself. And it is that bring, that keeps the passion in the business as well if you're mm. putting into your own business mm. instead of just always continually um, doing other clients work yeah. and if you want more client work you kind of have to invest in your business yeah. by doing social posts or blog posts because that um, extends your reach on um, your clients that yeah. you may get 100 i love that you dedicate a whole day to that mel and i actually are trying to make that a thing where every wednesday we're going to be working in whether is it in our business in our business, isn't it yeah, in not, our business not for your business instead yeah. of for our businesses so we're, we're starting to do that Actually, this Wednesday coming will be our first day of doing that and we're both so excited to see what what can happen because it's so easy to just work Monday to Friday and just forget about your own business. Like you said, forget about those internal things that you really need to keep up with if you want yeah. to capture more leads. So Yeah, and I've definitely, yeah. this the last two weeks, I haven't put time into my own business because I'm going on a holiday next week. So um, I haven't really had the time to invest in my own time because I've had to try and get projects finished before I go on holiday. So I guess you may not be able to do it every week, but as long mm. as you're trying to fit it in where you can. Mm, yeah. I'm sorry if you guys can hear the rain. It's just started getting worse and worse, but hopefully it's not too bad. But you have just reminded me of one more question I didn't want to ask before we wrap up, which is, yeah, the fact that you are taking a holiday next week with your partner, you're going away for 10 days, which is amazing. I'm so jealous. <laughs> How working for yourself, like how do you kind of prep yourself for taking some time off? That is a very hard question because I I don't know if it's going to work yet because I haven't <laughs> actually taken the time off to see if it does work. But the things I've put in place, I guess, is when a client, a new client or an old client has reached out to me in the last few weeks, I've just let them know, that, yes, I can do that project Um if I can finish it before this date, that's good. If it's going to extend over this time, um, just letting you know that I will be away from these dates. So we'll have to continue it after it. So, and um, 
So I, ha- I have had to schedule some projects to start when I get back. Mm-hmm. And then I've also had to start some and then let them know that there'll be a pause on the project and I'll start afterwards. So I think as long as you're being transparent and letting clients know in well in advance of your dates that you're going to take off. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, I just, I guess, just been trying to be very organized yeah. um, with that. So Financially as well. Financially, yeah. So I've, I've just been putting money aside. Um, I usually put 40% of my my weekly wage away anyway, so I've just got that set aside. Um, and then, yeah, I guess just letting everyone know well in advance what my situation yeah, is. Yeah. Um, and then I'll be doing an out-of-office on my email, so letting people know as well mm. as probably a social post, mm-hmm. letting people know. Um, so if they do go to my Instagram one on the way, they can see that I'm not there and I'm, that's why I'm not responding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I may be on Instagram posting a few travel photos maybe. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think communication is definitely key with these yeah. sort of things and just having that expectation with your clients, whether they are current clients or future clients, that you are going to be away on like a very much well-deserved holiday. So yeah, it's, it's, it is good for them to be aware of what's going on and posting on Instagram and stuff is definitely a good way to, to do that. Oh, I cannot wait to go on a holiday. I haven't had any yet this year. I know. So I'm really looking forward to Christmas and taking some time off. It's going to be amazing. Now. Yeah. Start <laughs> prepping now. Literally. I really need to. Well, thank you so much for coming on Good Boss. Where can people find you if they want to look you up online? Um, you can find me at um, and I, and dot I dot design on Instagram or my website is www.andidesign.com.au. Perfect. I will have all of those links as always in the show notes. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. I hope you enjoyed. If you can think of someone that you know that would enjoy this episode, share it their way and make sure to leave a review as well and a rating because that would really help my podcast be seen by more people, (laughs) which is what we want. So thank you so much for listening. We're going to go out to dinner. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Get some Italian now. Yes. Cheers. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you.